Many of you don't know Brad and Maureen. Uh, you may have seen their face around, but you're going to start seeing them more and more. Uh, they are, they're right over here in the front. I'm going to have them stand in a minute, just not make it awkward for them. But they've been friends with Pastor Bobby and Carrie for 25 years now, something like that. Uh, Pastor Brad uh, is re- and Maureen have relocated here recently. Uh, they were down at Regent where he got his degrees. He's taught in several Bible colleges, multiple churches. He has an ongoing ministry in Kenya and Uganda. He's a very seasoned preacher and teacher. And I just want to encourage you today as he comes up to just really receive what God has spoken to him, to really receive his teaching style and to really encourage him. So the best way that I know that we can do that is if you would all stand on your feet with me. And I just want you to put your hands together and really give a warm welcome for Pastor Brad Marine. Pastor Todd, and uh, I should check. Yes, I'm on. I think I'm on. Am I good? And um, I thanked him privately, but I also want to thank him publicly just for his leadership and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things that we love about this church is that the Holy Spirit is free to lead the church. It's not just words, but actions. That's the thing that we really appreciate. And so good morning. Um, I feel good so far in that I made it through the obstacle to get here. Because we don't know, uh, we don't know, we know Chesapeake, but we don't know Suffolk. I had to literally get out of my car, run over to the officer at the intersection, and beg for directions to get here. And then I was, you know, you have these funny thoughts. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, now don't trip when you get up the steps. Don't make a fool out of yourself. So so far, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> it's good to see you all. And um, Pastor Todd introduced us both, but yes, that's my wife, wonderful wife, Maureen. Uh, we've been married. It'll be 35 years this year in June. I know we don't look like we've been married 35 years, but it is true. And uh, I really, I'm so blessed by our best friends, Danny and Mary Beth Gilbert here as well. And so I'm so glad to see you as well. Uh, in fact, uh, Pastor Danny and Dr. Daniel Gilbert, he's, he's a professor at Regent. Um, he's the one that invited me to minister with him in Kenya um, four years ago. And we're going in March again. And through his influence, I have a radio broadcast ministry that reaches all of Africa, all 52 nations. And so not only are we best friends, but we're ministry partners together. And uh, never imagined that I could minister in Africa. Now I, I'm African. I just love uh, the people in Africa. And it's just great to be able to be there and minister. Well, I'm going to get right into the word, right into the message. And so let me just ask, would you mind standing and let me just pray for us as we stand together, and let's trust the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do, simply. And so, Father, would You be glorified in this message, and let it not be just, quote-unquote, another message, but let it be a message that will change us and transform us, and that will ultimately lead to many new salvations, and that this church would be all that You want it to be, that we would impact Hampton Roads and beyond. But first and foremost, Father, we pray that we, you would help us to hear with faith and with an eager desire to obey what we learn. Be glorified now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. For the last many centuries, there have been thousands and thousands of books and articles written on prayer, and probably 
a hundred times more of sermons that have been spoken on prayer. But I am confident that not one book, not one article, and not one message has ever bested or surpassed the greatest teaching on prayer that there is, and it's not even close. And that comes from the lips of Jesus himself. I'm sure we would agree with that in the Lord's Prayer, uh, what I like to call the Lord's pattern of prayer, because it's not just a, a rote prayer, but it's a pattern of prayer that is brilliant and is extremely healthy. At the very beginning, Jesus invites us to say, Our Father. Two of the greatest words in the English language or any other language. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the beauty of that first part of the prayer is it focuses us vertically and gives us an opportunity just to adore him, thank him, praise him, and be centered in on who he is before we ever get into petitions, which is a necessary thing. And in fact, the very next pattern of that is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I like to think of it as as vertical and then horizontal, if you will. That is the first thing that we do before we get into petition is we, we just worship our heavenly father for who he is and love him and adore him. And then we get his heart to then carry it out horizontally to pray according to the things that are near and dear to his heart. Now, the problem that we face as believers is that we want to pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done, but we don't always know how. Am I right about that? And therefore we struggle. So we, we, we mean well, and, but we don't always know how to pray for the people in this church, for example, And so we fall short, we get intimidated, we get discouraged. But there is a solution, and I want to offer that solution to you this morning, beloved. But I want to ask you a question, and it's a fair question. If I can show you just one way, I'm not not trying to cover it all. I just want to show you one way. If I can show you one way of praying from God's word that can comprehensively cover the needs of the church, And that is, uh, and in addition to that, the things that God wants to do in our lives. If I can show you from the word of God that you can pray that way and be confident that God will answer, will you do it? Will you do it? That's the key. It's It's not the hearers of the word that are blessed, but it is the doers of the word that are blessed. But one of the things I want to really make clear is first the vertical, first getting God's heart, and then we go outward and then pray for others. And in 1983, I was, I think I'd been a believer for about a year or two. We had just gotten married, and I sincerely desired to know how to more effectively pray for my wife and myself, and I didn't always know how, and I really wanted to pray effectively and more often and more confidently for the church that I was a part of, but I didn't know. I didn't know how. One day I'm reading the book of Colossians and I come to Paul's prayer in Colossians 1, 9 through 12. And I said these words as you often do when you're a young believer. I said, Lord, if it's good enough for the apostle Paul, it is good enough for me. And I'm going to start praying this prayer for myself and Maureen and for the church that we were a part of. And beloved, 
by God's grace, I've not stopped praying this prayer over the church as ever since 1983. And one of the things I'm looking forward to is standing before the Lord and having him say, my beloved son, I'm going to open your eyes now and I'm going to show you all the fruit that has come forth just from your faithfulness alone in praying just this prayer alone. (laughs) Friends, what I want to do is I just want to take the guesswork out of it and enable us to be confident in our praying. And so the title of today's message is Prayer, Supernatural Ministry to the Lord. Remember, we are his priests. Prayer is supernatural ministry to the Lord and for his people, but with all confidence. And so if you'll turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses uh, 9 through 12 primarily, but I want to back up and begin in verse 1 and read up through verse 8 for one particular reason, and I'll show you what I mean when we're done reading that passage. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, do you have more room in your heart to grow in love for one another? Do you have more room in your heart to grow in love for other believers? And the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope or literally the assurance laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as as it has been doing in you since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Here's what I want to point out, which should be obvious. Paul did not plant this church. Epaphras planted the church. And until the time that Paul wrote this letter, and perhaps perhaps he had never been able to visit the church in Colossae. What is my point there? Paul did not know the people, and yet that didn't stop Paul from praying for the people. Paul got God's heart and prayed the way that we're going we're gonna to read his prayer in just a moment, but he didn't know them. My point here is this. Loved ones, you don't need to know the person to your left or the person to your right in order to pray effectively for them. So what we're doing already is we're moving an obstacle out of the way and we're going to lay hold of the word of God that is inspired by the spirit of God and be able to pray with all confidence that when we pray, then God is going to then move in your lives. And I don't need to know specifically what it is you're going through, but I can be confident that he knows and he knows exactly how to meet your needs. Now, of course, if you tell me, hey, can you please pray for me for this, 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 and this? Absolutely, I'm going to do that. 
but I'm extremely confident when I read the Word of God that I know exactly what the Spirit of God wants to do. And we find that in verse 9. Notice with me, uh, beginning in verse 9, he says, for this reason also, he's repeating himself, no doubt with enthusiasm and passion. He says, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, and he says, literally, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask. Present tense, participle, reminds me of Jesus when he said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open for everyone who asks, receive, receives, etc. And Paul understands that. And so Paul is praying with perseverance and with expectation and with all confidence. And here is the prayer that he's praying for them on a consistent basis. And loved ones, you are going to see, as I just open up the word here, this prayer is full of power. To me, it's like nuclear spiritual power. And it reveals to us precisely what God wants to do in our lives. However, however, we are the ones that are responsible to pray it in. Think about this. When Jesus says to us, our responsibility is to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a sobering thought. It's a sobering, it's an invigorating thought, but it's a sobering thought at the same time that what if I'm not praying for you? What what won't happen by me not praying for you? Paul later says in Colossians to devote yourselves to prayer. John Wesley uh, in, in one of his volumes in one of his works said, God does nothing on earth except in response to believing prayer. I don't know if that's hyperbole on his part, an intentional uh, bit of hyperbole that is exaggeration to make a point. If he really believed that or he's just trying to establish something there. Um, But I love the spirit of what he's saying. And that is God chooses to accomplish his work in my life and in your life through our praying. Well, it's no surprise we're created in his image and after his likeness. And yet he doesn't make it difficult for us. He gives us the tools to pray effectively. And we're going to see just one tool. Paul prays many different prayers for the churches. I'm just focusing on one. And this is just one teeny little aspect of praying for one another. But it is powerful. Watch. He says, he says uh, for this reason also, since the day we heard of it, We do not cease to pray for you and to ask, and here it is, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, let me ask you, beloved, do you desire to be filled with the knowledge of his will on a daily basis? All the decisions that we have to make every single day, would you like to walk in the center of his will in the spirit, not in the flesh, by faith, by, not by sight, and trust that the Holy Spirit is leading you in the center of his will. But now let me ask you another question. It's going to be a little silly exercise, but if you wouldn't mind looking to the person to your left, just look at to as many people, just discover as many people as you can to your left. I know it's a little silly. And now, now that you're done with that, turn to the right and, and, and look as, at as many people as you can to the right. 
let me ask you this question. Do you desire that all the people you looked at to your left and all the people that you looked at to your right also be filled with the knowledge of his will? Remember, we're Americans, so we think it all begins and ends with us. But it doesn't. We need to be strong together corporately. And it's not going to happen unless we are a praying church. Amen? Let me make this statement. Prayer is the engine room of the church. Simple statement, but it's true. Prayer is the engine of the church. If we're not a praying church, we're not going to see the things that God wants to do in our lives. And, and if we are a praying church, the day will come when we'll have to have three services instead of two services. The day will come when we'll see people getting saved left and right. Salvations are already happening, but God could give us more. God could do more and more and more, but we have to be faithful to pray. And this is just one example given by the Apostle Paul of how committed and devoted he was to praying for people that he never fellowshiped and never knew. That you may be filled, verse 9, with the knowledge of his will in all, watch that word all, it's not a random word, all spiritual wisdom and understanding. If I had time, I could develop uh, that this ultimately comes from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But could you use more wisdom and understanding in your walk with the Lord? I could. And, and hence, I need you to pray for me, and I need to pray for you as well. And so the Christian life just becomes uh, more life-giving and more life-fulfilling, so on and so forth. And in, not only that, he says that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Notice the outcome. Notice the intended effect that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. Now, I don't know about you, but it frustrates me when I'm not walking in a manner worthy of the Lord and pleasing him in all respects. It frustrates me. It grieves me. And I often think to myself, Lord, I need people praying for me that I will live this way, that I will live in a manner worthy of you to please you in every respect. Loved ones, if that's where your heart is at, why not pray this prayer for yourself? Why not pray it on a daily basis, if at all possible? Is this a prayer that God wants to answer? Is it a prayer that God wants to answer? There's no guesswork. Therefore, we can pray with all confidence. Why? Because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Paul, that is Paul inspired the Holy Spirit. Paul inspired the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul. Thank you for helping me out there. The Holy Spirit inspired... <laughs> I'll never get asked to preach again if I start teaching that way. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to pray this way. And boom, there it is in Scripture. All Scripture is inspired by God. So we know that God wants to answer it. Therefore, we don't have to be discouraged or guess or wonder if I'm praying according to the will of God. And we know what the needs are, and we know what God wants to do. God wants to help us to walk in a manner worthy of Him, pleasing Him in every respect, and bearing fruit in every good work. Every good work. Is that really possible? I'm not going to quibble over whether it is or not. It's right there in the Word of God, and the Word is not randomly selected. 
every good work. What's happening when I'm praying, Father, that you would fill my brothers and sisters with the knowledge of your will, etc., etc., so that they might walk in every good work? What's happening? Now, God is opening our eyes to see the needs. God is opening our ears to, to help us to hear how to meet those needs. God is expanding our hearts so that we can walk in the supernatural. When someone, especially that doesn't know the Lord, is struggling with a sickness or disease, we can be bold enough to say, can I pray for God to heal you? And then when God heals them, then you can say, now who healed you? Jesus, and would you like to know him as your Lord and Savior? Nothing is impossible with him. And so the good works can be little itty-bitty good works. They could be medium-sized good works. And they could be great big good, good works. However, all of them are important to God because they affect the lives of others. One of my favorite prayers every morning is, Father, help me to be your blessing to every person that I come into contact with. It could be in a little way. It could be in a great big way. Where does that come from? It comes right from here. And I, I trust, of course, that it comes from the heart of God. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. What am I doing when I'm praying this prayer for you? I'm praying that you would grow in maturity. I'm praying that your mind would be renewed. I'm praying that you would help, that the Holy Spirit would help you to know him better in your mind and in experientially. In every single way, can you see how powerful this prayer is and that we're praying the direct specific will of God. Well, we're not done yet. In verse 11, he says that you would be strengthened with, there's that word again for the fourth time, all power according to his glorious might. Do you need to be strengthened with all power? According to, do you need power from God on a daily basis? But does everyone else need the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. So if you pray for everyone else, is God going to answer that prayer? Yes, he is. You don't need to know what they're going through. And you don't even need to know whether they're doing well or whether they're not doing well. You can leave the results up to the Holy Spirit. We don't know how he's going to answer. We don't know when he's going to answer, but we know that he will answer this prayer. And then notice the outcome The outcome is that we would, he says that we would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of, there's that word again, the fifth time, all steadfastness and patience. I've defined uh, the two words, steadfastness and patience. The first word, steadfastness, comes from the Greek word hupomone, And I believe it's one of the most important Greek words in the entire New Testament when you consider the meaning, the depth of the meaning there. Steadfastness, hupomone, the word refers to a patient endurance. It, It gives us the ability to stand up under adversity or difficulties or disappointments or hardships, to patiently wait in hope. But it's never a complaining or a despondent endurance. And that's the struggle that I have is I want to endure. I want to honor the Lord. My fallen nature just becomes, it it complains. And there's almost a despondent, just a surrendering. I can't do anything else anyway. I might as well just be steadfast. That's not the right attitude. 
that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in me. I think I have more of a definition after that. Hupomone is the spirit which can bear all things, not simply with resignation, okay, well, there's nothing else I can do, but with blazing hope because it knows the challenges are leading to a goal of glory. Amen? Amen? Do you need more steadfastness? I hope someone needs more steadfastness in their lives because I'm at the top of the list here. I'm at the top of the list and needing steadfastness. So I'm not bashful about saying, would you please pray for me? Pray this prayer for me. Is it a prayer that God wants to answer? If it's good enough for the Apostle Paul, it should be good enough for us. If it's good enough for the Apostle Paul, it is good enough for me. But that's not all he's praying. And patience. The Greek word is makrothumia. You want to say makrothumia with me? Greek scholars, you are. It refers to that self-restraint which doesn't quickly or easily retaliate against a wrong, especially with another person. It doesn't give way to a quick or a short temper toward those who fail, but is patient and considerate of them. Have there been more than a few times where maybe you failed in the area of makrothumia? but do you desire to grow in that fruit of the Spirit? Does God desire you to grow? But when you wake up in the morning and roll out of bed, does it just happen? Woohoo! I'm full of makrothumi and hupomone today. (laughs) Bring it on, Lord. I can handle this. Prayer is the engine that drives the church. Prayer is the fuel of our growth. And unless we're praying, we're not growing. If we're praying, we're growing. But if we're not praying, we're not growing. And then the outcome, the denouement, the, the climax of it all is that Paul is praying that, that the Colossians would joyously give thanks to the Father for qualifying us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Loved ones, do you need more joy? Do you need more joy on Monday and Tuesday and on Wednesday when the bottom drops out and the walls are caving in? Pray this prayer. But don't forget when you're joyful and you're doing well, the people to your right and the people to your left, that may not be happening for them. And it may be that you are supposed to be the answer to that person's prayer on Monday or on Tuesday. Is this prayer a prayer that God wants to answer? How do we know? It's in the word of God. It's inspired by the will of God. And it is clear this is what God wants to do in every one of our lives. Amen? Let me pray this over you so you get a sense for what it's like. And how do you now do it? How do you pray this prayer? Just keep it simple. Open up the word of God and pray it in the first person. Then I'm going to challenge you, memorize it. I memorized this early on as a new believer. I don't mean to sound trite. I know this might sound a little funny, but I pray this prayer for you. All week long, I prayed for this prayer. And even before we ever got here, I pray it while I'm swimming at the Y. (laughs) Just redeeming the time for the days are evil. 
There are times when I'm doing my favorite activity in the world, which is taking the stupid dishes out of the dishwasher. I know you all can relate. And I'm praying this prayer over you, or I'm praying it while I'm putting in the dishes in the dishwasher. It makes it a whole lot easier to do dishes in that regard. But you can pray while you're driving. When someone is asking you for prayer, you can pray this right over that person. You can pray it in a corporate prayer meeting. You can pray it over your spouse. You can pray it over your children. You can pray it over your grandchildren. It's like that old rhythm and blues song, at least the chorus, ain't no stopping us now when we get a hold of this prayer, amen? Amen. Father, I bring every single believer before your throne of grace, not only in Riverbend Church, but your entire church and ask that you would fill each and every one of us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we might walk in a manner worthy of you, pleasing you in every respect, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to your glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, that we might all joyously give thanks to you for qualifying us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And we ask this all with great confidence, knowing that we're ministering to you and for your church, practically caring for the church that you love through the greatest ministry there is, and that is prayer. And now, loved ones, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen. God bless you. Pastor Brad, can you stay up here with me just for a second? Would you all stand with me for a minute? Prayer teams, if you could make your way to the front. Uh, Before I just speak a blessing over you and release you today, I want to encourage you, if God spoke to you in a way today that you can't shake, that you can't deny, Maybe it was right when we were coming out of worship or during worship or as Pastor Brad was sharing the word today. I want to encourage you that these prayer teams are up here for you to pray with you, to agree with you, to even pray that prayer that we learned about this morning. Don't leave today the same. Don't rush out the door. We're going to change this sanctuary now into a a place of prayer. So as you leave, if you could leave to the, the lobby. But if you need prayer, that's what we're here for. So I'm just going to release you, bless you, have an amazing week, but don't rush out if God spoke to you and you want someone to agree with you in prayer. Father, thank you for this church, Lord. I speak a blessing over their life. I thank you for today. I thank you for this word. I thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives individually, but also corporately. And we choose to leave this place today, God, encouraged. We choose to leave this place today speaking your word over our life. And God, I pray that we would be a blessing each and every day to everyone that we meet. In Jesus' name. Have a great week, everybody.